The Football Trash Talk for Real Fans podcast is an unscripted and free-flowing conversation that may touch on mature subjects. While the opinions are real, the research probably isn't, and we can't help that Atticus will probably talk about the Knicks. And here we go. He trumped dudes. It wasn't just in a preseason game. He did it pretty consistently. <laughs> he left dudes saying, what happened? You better put some respect on his name when we're talking about the champion, the Davion Clown. And I'm just going on eye test here, right? Like, I like the look of this coaching staff, you know? All right, enough of this. Let's see what kind of shit we get into today. <laughs> Boy, it's all yours. We are back for episode 23, Number of the Goat episode. And the original number 23, by the way, not the one that wore number 23 because 23 wore it. You're right. In case you were, in case you're wondering that we won Michael Jordan. Just in case. Right. Let's clarify. The fact that you need to clarify makes my argument for me. It's all it's, it, I'm only clarifying for you because everybody else seems to know. But anyway, before we digress, football trash talk for real fans podcast episode 23. Uh, we're not too far away from football, gentlemen. We're not far away at all. Like two months, I think. Mm, I'm like that. Already. Preseason, uh, preseason starts next month, so we're we're getting there. Seems like the whole Cleveland Browns uh, team was uh, was in Vegas last night for the McGregor and Poyer fight, so that was fun to watch. Yeah, I wonder if uh, Odell had a little little scare when when Connor broke his ankle, but you know we'll see. Gave gave, gave him flashbacks, gave him some chills, a little flashbacks. Anyway. Man, you know, I, I like Odell. Like, I, I do. I just, I'm just, every time I open up Google, like, you guys know on your phones how when you open up Google, it'll give you, like, just, like, little stories that people have written, like, around topics that you either said you're interested in or you look up a lot. The algorithm. Every, ta- every time I open up my Google app on my iPhone, it's got a trade rumor for Odell. I'm so, like, it's like, come on. Like, they would have traded him by now for the amount of trade rumors. If they were going to trade, and the latest one was to the Lions. I was like, why would we trade him to the Lions? Who Like, the only person on the Lions I'd even care to look at would be DeAndre Swift, and he would be, like, our third running back. I don't, no, no offense to DeAndre Swift, just we don't need a running back. So I don't, I don't know why, why we keep, I, I just... I mean, you have Jared Goff now, so, you know, a golf or Odell, I mean, quarter, upgraded quarterback would be something that I think the Browns should be interested in, right? Is that what you think? Is that yeah. what you think? Yeah? Yeah? All right. So, I mean, maybe maybe if you use him to trade the Eagles for, uh, who do the Eagles got? A lineman? I don't even know who he can trade the Eagles for. Well, I mean, he still has some value right now, so those stories are going to continue to swirl. I think that's journalism at its best right now too, right? Like, because everybody's out there, you, you know, you could put a, you could put an article on the internet like it's nobody's business, right? And it just, it's someone, someone's gonna pick it up because there's a million out there, and it's, it's all speculation. So why not? I mean, it's, it's fun. We talk about it. Like, hey, let's trade Odell. Where, where, where could we trade Odell to? That's gonna make a Browns fan happy. Certainly it's not clickbait for advertisers. That's all it is. It really is. I mean, honestly, I, I've been on the record. My my trade for Odell is uh, Michael Gallup in a pick, and he 
And not because I think Michael Gallup is better than Odell, but because I've said it a few times, we have like 30 between him and Landry, we have 30 million plus a year wrapped up in just those two players. And I wouldn't mind easing that a little bit. That's, that's really my only thing with Odell and Landry. I, would, I wouldn't say better, but I, I might say better fit. Like the trade makes sense for Cleveland. Like you have two alphas. Like Jared Lynch, Jarvis Landry's an alpha. So is Odell, right? Like it, it, you can't have that on a football team at the wide receiver position. And Gallup is pretty fucking good, right? Mm-hmm. But he keeps his mouth shut. Takes his 30, 40, 50 catches a year in spectacular fashion. You know, I'm pretty certain he crushed my heart once or twice with a few questions catches and, and he just keeps it all business. So like it, it would, it would make sense. That would be a nice trade. And I yeah. can see Dallas doing it because they like big names. Yeah. Well, and that, that's the other reason why it works is because yeah. Although geez. So you'd have on Dallas's team, who would you throw the Jesus? That would just, you could, you need like four footballs on that team to keep everyone happy. Yeah. Although Zeke is probably happy not to touch the football and just collect a paycheck, so they don't really have a problem there. Man. Especially after the contract he just signed. Oh, God, of all the guys that just completely, like, dropped off the face of the earth. Like, what happened to him? Like, How did we start the podcast off having this discussion about the Browns again? Because you guys have to take your pot shots and you realize what a great Mm -hmm. team you have and all the angles you can take with that's what it was. Oh, and, and, the, and the Knicks are out of the playoffs, so, you know, we, we could go there. Hey. Man, Milwaukee's going to fall apart, though, huh? They might I, get I just swept. don't think they have it. They might get swept. Giannis is as good as he is. He's got no real help either. He's got no real help. Phoenix is watching them through the playoffs. I didn't realize how good they are because we, mm-hmm. don't, we don't see the West throughout right. the season. Well, it's <laughs> We see the Lakers and we see uh, and we see uh, Golden State, right? Because they're they're the money grab uh, for right. television. But we don't see the Phoenix Suns. I mean, Booker, uh, Aiton, and and who's who's the other dude? CP three's having yeah, a I year. I forgot. I forgot about CP three. And, and like he is, it doesn't look like he's aged. But you know what? They complement each other's style of play so well that they remind me of the Spurs when the Spurs. We're just dominating. They just yeah. look good together yeah. as a team. Yeah. And the way that they built that cohesion so quickly is like, wow, where'd that come from? Like, who would have thought the beginning of the season you'd be talking about the Suns the way we talk about them? And I remember when they drafted Aiton and everybody was like, who? Why'd they draft this guy? Mm. Turned out to be a pretty good pick. Yeah. And they lost Sarge for, for the, the rest of the playoffs with, a, with an ACL. That's not a bad fourth guy to have on a team. Former Sixer, part of the process. Trust the process, huh? Sixers fucked up. What a process it's been. Sixers fucked up. You know how many players went through their team throughout the process? I mean, they got Embiid. And Embiid, to me, is – and I don't know why we're talking basketball now, but we are. Uh, Embiid, to me, is probably the most unstoppable center in the league right now. Yeah. Like when his mindset is like I'm, I'm, I'm gonna crush you. No one can stop. And, and he's healthy. When he's healthy and he's playing ball, he's hard to defend. He's hard to stop. And but you know, I think Harris is decent. You know, he 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 impressed me a little bit this year. But like 
I don't know what you're going to do with Ben Simmons. And it's in his head now. Trade him to Cleveland is what you're going to do with him. Shine Not him only is it in his head, but his teammates can't trust him anymore. They can't. Who was who was the guy that when Orlando was was pretty good and he missed free throws at the end of the game? Nick uh, Anderson. Anderson. Uh, Nick Anderson. Nick Anderson. He was the first Anderson. guy. I met that guy. I met him in person. <clears throat> he was never the same after that. And he was a quality ball player. Never the same after after that playoff run where they they lost, you know, technically speaking, because he fucking missed free throw, free throws. Couldn't make one. It was terrible. Ben Simmons is in the same boat. They just, the to, they just need to trade him to Cleveland for uh, Garland and Kevin Love just to make the salaries work. Gonna offload him somehow, but yeah, he's going to Cleveland because there's a young core there. He can be the veteran leader that doesn't need to shoot because we have a bunch of dudes that shoot and no one that passes. So he's going to the Cavs. It makes like as much as I'm a Cavs fan saying this, it makes sense for him to go to the Cavs, and all the all the pressure's off in Cleveland because we'll just be happy to have a name. <laughs> so <laughs> it's the best for everybody. You know, the two things come out of this NBA season for me is. Uh, one, they got to stop calling it the process in Philadelphia because losing a whole bunch just to never make the finals isn't a process. Like, sorry, it's not. Um, and two, unfortunately, now I have to retire my my uh, joke about CP3 I make every year that the Geico commercial that airs during the finals is the closest he will ever make it to the finals. Unfortunately, that was my that was my ongoing CP3 joke that no longer holds water, but. Yeah, he's having a year, though, man. Oh, my God. I mean, I, I never thought that he would make it to the finals either. I mean, I thought he was a good player, but I didn't think he was a finals type of player. But he is just balling. Can we, can we talk a minute, though, about how, like, he's hard? I want to root for him. I do. But at the same time, he's kind of dirty, and I don't like it. <laughs> like, I don't like, like his ego either. Yeah, he's got. He, well, there was a there was a tweet like because I, I saw an art. I, I forget where I read the article, but there was someone that tweeted like, "How long into the game before CP3 does his patented get ahead of you and then stops you collide with him, and he tries to draw a foul and then he did it like Giannis's knee, and, and it's just like, come on, man! Like we want to root for you, knock it off. Like there's a lot of players like that though. Trey Young, oh, he makes me sick. Hell of a talent. He, he, ju- he jumps and moves like the magic bullet. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's horrible. James like, Harden. James I, I am not a James thing. Harden fan. I can't stand his style of play. Same thing. But there's a lot of different things, techniques that guys have used, uh, have incorporated into their gameplay to get fouls, to get to the free throw line, that it just takes away from the art of what basketball was. And it, it's frustrating. And But you know what? They've learned that they're going to call a foul every time. So I'm going to do it every time. And until they do something to get rid of that stupid shit, like we had Brady with the tuck rule, they're going to keep doing it. And how can you really get mad at them? What they say? Don't hate well, the play. They're, 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 they're going to change this year. They're, that's one of the things they are. They're talking about it. Yeah, they're talking about making that change, which it's it's well past due. Yeah. But 
Yeah, I agree. It's like a whole style of gameplay now. It's just pumping someone and then jump into them and throw the ball up and get three free throws. Like, and they can do it because remember the kickout when you when you shoot the three point shot that players were doing and getting a foul called against them for defending and they got kicked. That's now a foul. That's an yep. offensive foul now. Yep. So they yep. can do it. I don't know how they're going to do it. Thank God it's not my job to figure it out, but they really do need to do it because it takes away for sure. They need to clean up a couple things, man. Because like I, I'm not a fan of this style of basketball with the loose interpretation of what a travel is and what. Oh my god! <laughs> like I mean, I, I I thought that half of Trey Young's crossovers should be should be carries because he's you know he's no doing, question like no question like Palmer. that was. That was a whistle back, in, and maybe I'm just too old. I just, I'm just not a fan. And like three, let alone four, five, or six steps. Yeah, the euro step they call it. Fuck it, it's not a euro step. It step, it's a travel, bro. Yeah. That'd be funny if they started calling travel in the NBA. That'd be hilarious because like, <laughs> there'd be a turnover like every other possession now. Like because everyone like like and and I'll I'll. I'll be up front. LeBron's probably one of the biggest. Like, I remember, what was that thing? Like, the crab dribble? Did or you whatever he called it. He is the biggest. He bro. didn't even dribble it. He just kind of does this, which isn't going to translate on the podcast. But he kind of like, I don't know. He doesn't even really dribble it. He would just kind of like act like he was dribbling it, but the ball never went down. He would just be holding it the whole time and still take a step. And he called mm-hmm. it a crab dribble. I'm like, we're just making stuff up now. Like, it's like. <laughs> Like schoolyard ball, we're just like, yeah, but that's crab dribble. I've been working on that all off season. Like, <laughs> anyway, football. Right. Hey, we can segue right into the what is a catch if we don't, you know, from what mm. is travel. So, are we good on what is a catch now? I mean, I think the rule did all right. I mean, I haven't seen it come into play. To, I, I don't know. I feel like. Man, this last season is such a blur. I can't remember any major penalty like that. They need to they need to clean up what is helmet to helmet contact, in my opinion. But especially for running backs. Yeah. Like a running back lowers is like and, and like I guess I'm a fan of it. Like I think it's hard running. But like if he could put his head down and put it right in the middle of your chest, which is a, basically spearing, like hmm. Maybe, maybe I feel like that's natural though. Like if I was gonna run and I knew there was like a you know two to three hundred pound dude coming at me, like you're gonna naturally like duck down a little bit, right? Like I feel like there's no <laughs> way to not do that because it like every other every running back if they can't do that they're gonna get destroyed. Like they're gonna have like two season careers because they're like getting tackled standing straight up all the time. Yeah, like they have to. Unless your name's Derek Henry. And then you get four seasons. And then and then he could he could run straight up through the entire team. <laughs> so anyway, I, I think uh, you were talking about uh, some players that still get to sign. And uh, I mean, there's a couple names out there, right? I, I I think I don't think KJ Wright's been signed yet. And as a veteran linebacker, I think that would be a nice pickup for somebody. Uh, Richard Sherman hasn't been signed yet. And as a veteran defensive back, like, yeah, he's absolutely lost his step. I think we saw that last year in the playoffs. But as a veteran coming in and helping some young guys, uh, you know, he's, it's not like he's the worst cornerback in the league. It's, he's not Jalen Mills, right? So, we, we, you know, and he still has a job. 
think he's going to be. I think he's playing for the Patriots. Um, so there was a couple right there. Richard uh, Sherman's um, football IQ will add to any secondary in the league. And then K.J. Wright, he's still got a couple of solid years in him. Plus, his veteran leadership will help a young squad, a young linebacker core. They've been in talks with um, – there's been some rumors that the Giants have been trying to recruit him, and I'd love to have him. K.J. Wright? Yeah. Yeah, I don't want to see that. Of course you don't. I mean, let's just be honest. I mean, Mel- Melvin Ingram's another name out there, and Justin Houston. So, like, you got you got some players out there, man, that, that you know – kind of at the Chris Long twilight stage of their career, probably don't want to go anywhere that's in a rebuild mode. But, you know, if I'm a, if I'm a contender, I'm bringing in one of these guys to play in in my rotation. Yeah. I think it depends on what they're willing to play for though, too. Like I wouldn't mind Richard Sherman on the Browns, but at the same time, I don't want to pay Richard Sherman what Richard Sherman probably wants to get paid. So, I don't know, because, you know, the league, I think, especially the secondary, is kind of starting to go, at least and maybe it's because I'm looking at it from a Brown, this is where they're going with it, but it seems to be like a lot more teams are trying to do at least get, like, one guy they can ISO, and then, you know, like, man-to-man and then zone on the other side or something like that. And Richard Sherman, he's not a true, like, you can't, he's not an island. He's not Darrell Rebus, you know what I'm saying? Like, you can't, as much as I'm to his chagrin, I'm comparing them. But, uh, you know, he, he's, he's good in, like, a zone scheme, and I just – I don't know. Like, where, I, where do you put Richard Sherman? Like, what team – because at, at Richard Sherman, rightfully so, he probably want to go to a contender, but what contender needs Richard Sherman right now? And that's, that's hard. I mean, does do, – do the Browns need a second? Do they need a starting cornerback? Probably not. Starting, no. You know, who else is out there? I'm probably somebody on the on the cusp, right? Like, you know, we need to solidify our defense a little bit better, and maybe we can beat somebody. He'd be an asset in Philly or in Dallas, to be honest with you. I think he'd be a huge. You know, he's not he's not going to he's not going anywhere, but uh, he would be a huge asset in Philly. Philly's got a ton of young, young. Dudes, they. I mean, of course they have Slay, and then they brought in uh, that other guy from Minnesota for the secondary. Mm-hmm. But outside of that, basically young guys. Did he play under um, Sala when he was in San Francisco? No, that was that predated yeah. him, didn't it? No, yeah, he did. He did. He did. Because yeah. he might fit with the Jets also. The Jets aren't much of a t- contender. They're definitely in rebuild mode. But that relationship and helping to build that team, because the Jets could potentially be a team to contend with in the next two to three years. I don't know if that's what he wants at this stage in his career. But if you're talking about where he could be the most impactful, because sometimes the impact isn't what you do in that position on the field, but it's what you do to help to develop those players also. And then you come in, you know, they, they could piece, piece them in in different packages and he can still be highly impactful. The Jets are going to be interesting because uh, I feel like Zach Wilson's mom has gotten more pub than Zach Wilson since the draft. And 
don't know. She she seems a little bit uh, outspoken. Yeah, necessarily. Leave it at that. But yeah, and that she's like Lonzo Bowles, the Bowles father <laughs> of the NFL. Who's Zach Wilson's mom? Yeah, yeah, she's uh, interesting. We'll put it that way. <laughs> very, very interesting. I just of all the teams, just because of the media, I feel like that was like the worst possible situation for her to, or him or whoever to wind up in. Like if he would have gone to like, I don't know, some West coast team, like the Cardinals, let's, I mean, I know the Cardinals would have drafted the quarterback, but somewhere out there, I think it would have, she would have fit in more. She, she stands out like a sore thumb in, in New York and not in a good way. Well, and all the question he has to answer about his mom, like, Really? He's the starting quarterback of the New York Jets. And they're asking you about your mom and not your playbook. <laughs> well, it doesn't help that he looks like he's 12 either. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Did you not know about Zach Wilson's mom, Mike? No. Oh, oh wow. Yeah. Mm. He's, uh, she's something else. She's all I've heard about. Like, like, I honestly, by this point, would have completely forgotten about Zach Wilson if it wasn't for the fact that his mom keeps popping up in the news. Oh, like, by the way, did you guys see the link for the shirts? Yes. You did? Okay. No, I did not. Where was that? I put it in the chat. I'll have to check out the chat. You can, you can change it, but the, the, the graphics are already there. You change it to whatever you want, rename it yours once you're done. That way, the next person <coughs> can still uh, use theirs. What are, what's your shirt going to look like? Mine? Yeah. It's uh, blue. It's Giants colors, of course, and the back says G-Men Capo on the back of it with the big F-U logo. God, you know, I was thinking we should have probably incorporated Randy on the shirts also, but it, it's never been on them. We we could modify them, you know, at some point. Yeah, I think I think we should do that. I think we got to get Randy in there. Yeah. You know, and not that I don't like the logo, but maybe maybe we're at a point where we upgrade the logo. Oh, change the so change the the middle finger to Randy. Is that yeah. what you're saying? Uh, well, there's that. Do that. I like the middle finger, but Randy would be cooler. Maybe we could put Randy on the on the sleeves. Yeah, it, maybe that we would need be nice. A nice touch. Commission an artist to just give us a, a better, well-rounded Randy. You think so? I like Randy the way he is. Randy's He's kind of like choppy. The way he is, man. Why? Why are you judging Randy? <laughs> not judging Randy. I'm just saying, like you know, I just want to. I just like you know. I, as I a think Brown Randy fan, embodies the trash talker perfectly in the way he looks. Agreed. <laughs> got limited knowledge. He don't care about nothing. What he looks like. He just looked like he ready to talk shit. <laughs> He's wearing an extra large shirt, whether he needs an extra large shirt or not. Just because it's just safer to buy an extra large. <laughs> <laughs> I am getting a banner made though guys so that'll be pretty cool too I mean I'm just bringing myself so Wait, Liesl's 
uh, competing that weekend or something, isn't she? Where did you get Randy from? Oh, man. I don't remember. I know it was a the, the wonderful world of Google. You know, I found him somewhere and just adopted him. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, for all we know, maybe... How old's your daughter again? She's six now. Maybe she drew him, because that seems to be... I mean, he's not the most artistically formed. He's basic shapes. Basic shapes. <laughs> I like Randy. He's cool. But yes, to answer your question, Liesl does uh, compete. And actually, it works out because she competes later Sunday night. So I will be, I'm going to go to fly into Philly Friday, make Loy drive me up to Lehigh Valley. Uh, then we're going to the barbecue. Then you're driving me to the airport. I fly out 8 o'clock Sunday morning. And uh, arrive in Orlando at noon, and Liesl competes later that day. So oh, perfect. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna have quite the weekend. It is a really busy weekend for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But a good weekend. It's mm -hmm. a good weekend. So was that it? Was uh those, those two guys? Those three guys? Was that were those all? I mean, the, that's, uh, that, that's like I mean, there's a couple linemen, and they'll get picked up. Because somebody needs always needs a lineman at some point in time. But like as far as so you have Houston from from the Colts, Melvin Ingram played for the Chargers, KJ Wright, and Richard Sherman. Right. To me, those are the four big names that are left. I don't think there's you know, there's there's a ton of other free agents that are still free agents, but not the impact player, you know, more like a filler. Well, the other one I'm gonna throw out there, um, who's currently on a team, but it's rumored that he's not going to make the cut just because uh, because of the way they're running back group played out. But uh, Mark Ingram probably isn't going to stay with the uh, Texans. Heard about that. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I still think he's got – I mean, I don't think he's, like, starter, but I think he's a good backup running back for a team. I don't know what team specifically, but and I guess – I mean, I don't think – the difference, though, with Mark Ingram is he's not the difference between – Oh, we're like we're on the outside of the playoffs so now. We're like a serious contender. Like I don't think he moves the needle a whole lot, but I still think he's got a couple quality years left as like a solid number two. Bring to Philly. Philly back, back room is is packed. You got a nice running back room already. They are packed. Somebody's not making. <laughs> <laughs> well, we picked up that kid Clement. Yep. He's not bad, but he wasn't, you know, a Boston Scott or a Miles Sanders. No. And Jordan Howard. Or Jordan Howard. Yeah, you got a nice running back room. I mean, it's no Cleveland Browns running back room, but it's there not bad. Go. There we go. If we have the best one-two in the league. You can't – I'm sorry. You can't take it away. You, you can't. You can try. You but can't take it away, but you can mention it every week. Oh, yeah, of course. We can talk about the offensive line room, too. We have a pretty good one of those. You guys want to talk offensive line rooms? Seven and ten. That's all we're going to talk about. <laughs> Seven and ten. Seven and ten. Okay. Can we go? Do you guys want to go back to the uh, prediction podcast? What, what Loy actually thinks the Browns are going to do? And that was pre-draft. That was just based off of... We're not, we're not doing that. We're not doing that here. You know, there's, there's got to be a little bit of trash talk on this podcast. So, you know, enjoy. 
<laughs> you know? I mean, you should be used to it by now. How old are you? Almost 40? So, uh, like, you've had to hear shit for 40 uh, years, man. And, and you know, you're getting all bent out of shape over a little bit of 7 to 10. I'm not bent out of shape. I think it's funny. I think you're hilarious. You're hilarious. A little salty. It's... <laughs> So I do have a new bit that I want to, I kind of want to guys. Yeah. Um, so basically we're going to call this greatest ever. And what I'm just going to do is I'm going to take two. We're going to start with running backs just because they're kind of like one of the easier positions to do this with. We'll see how it goes. But basically I'm going to give you guys two specific seasons. Um, I'm just going to give you the stats for, I'm not going to tell you who the running back is or what year it was. I'm just going to give you two seasons and you're going to, we're going to debate which one you would want for your team just for this year. So if I could guarantee you, for example, these stats for your team this year, which one would you take? Does that make sense? I know it's a little convoluted, but we'll try it once, see how, how it comes out. So if you want to take notes, here we go. The first, the first season, uh, the, uh, 348 carries, 1,815 yards, 28 TDs, an additional 56 receptions for another 500 yards and three TDs and only two fumbles. So 31 touchdowns overall. The other season I'm going to compare that to 253 carries. Uh, this, you know, now that I'm looking at this, it looks way different. Ah, 253 carries, 1,359 yards, 18 TDs, another 81 receptions for almost uh, 830 yards with an additional eight TDs uh, overall. Uh, so a total of um, 26 TDs. So those are your two running backs. Which which one do you think is better? I'm going to so go with the, num- the second option because he's more of a threat in both areas, running and receiving. So just to, just to kind of summarize there, the first and, one had more rushing yards with less receiving. Second one had about 300 more rushing yards and about 400 less. I'm sorry, 400 less rushing yards and 300 more receiving yards. One, one other question. Were both of these every down backs? Yes, they're both every down backs. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it also lends to reason that option number two was in there for pass protection. Do we know what these teams did? Are we allowed to know that, how far they went, whatever, what their records were? Um, so the running back on – oh, the other thing I'll say about the uh, running back number two is he had zero fumbles that year. Um, so the – I believe – I have to think back, but I'm pretty sure – running back number two's team either made the Super – I know they at least made the Super Bowl. I don't remember if they won it or not. They won a Super Bowl around the same time frame. I'm going with more balance. I want number two. I'm thinking that he also, because 1,815 yards and 500 receiving, 2,300 yards, you are a workhorse, which means you probably had a quarterback that benefited from that. I don't know how greatly, but they rely way too much on that running game. I'm going to go with option number two, thinking that they had a more balanced offensive attack. Uh, that, that's probably fair. Although I will say, I will say both, uh, both running backs in this scenario played for quarterbacks that will be in the hall of fame. Hmm. 
I'm going to go with option number two as well. And they did not win the Super Bowl. They did not win the Super Bowl? Yeah. You know who option two is? I, I think, but I could be all face. Give me your give me your guess. I think it's Le'Veon Bell. No. Oh. So option number two. Who Do you, you guys think a Browns with? fan would pick a Pittsburgh Steeler player as an option? See, Come on, good. Mike. That's, that's a variable I wasn't even thinking about. Atticus, you're absolutely right. Uh, well, to be fair, the list I'm going off of uh, doesn't have a Steeler on it. So that wasn't intentional. Oh, um, surprise, surprise. Not intentional. <laughs> I can't not intentional it. either. Anyway, so uh, so the, the guy, the one you guys didn't go with was uh, LaDainian Tomlinson uh, in 2006. Mm. So he would have been playing with Phillip Rivers, although that would have been early in Rivers' career. So, um, did not yeah. win the Super Bowl. Yeah, did not win the Super Bowl. I don't even think they made the playoffs. Um, and the other uh, guy that you both picked was uh, Marshall Falk of the 2000 St. Louis Rams. I don't remember if they won the Super Bowl that year. I know they made the Super Bowl. I just remember if that was the loss of the Patriots or the year they, they won it. The greatest show on turf. Yeah. So, yeah. So, that was uh, – so, so, Marshall Falk there – Getting some love from uh, from the pod. Um, what a season LT had, man. Yeah, yeah. But they worked him to death. Oh my god. Yeah, by the time he got to the Jets, he had nothing left. I mean, you know, He's they beat up. Yeah, That's a lot of mileage, a lot of damage, a lot of hits. Yeah. You know the the one thing I remember about Ladainian Tomlinson more than anything is I remember when Reggie Bush was coming out. And they did this report on how Reggie Bush, to get ready for the NFL, went and trained with LaDainian Tomlinson. And this is Reggie Bush, who I think, you know, shattered all kinds of college records, was considered one of the most electric players, probably you'd assume in really good shape. Dude threw up after the first workout with LaDainian Tomlinson. That's how that's how crazy LaDainian Tomlinson. I didn't know about that. Yeah, I, I specifically remember that interview. Because, you know, because he was going to be a top draft pick and the Browns had a top draft pick. So, followed that one uh, rather closely. So, what did you guys think? Was that fun or is that kind of meh? I liked it. I liked it. Uh, just for reference sake, the, the Rams won the Super Bowl the year prior to that season. Prior. Okay, yeah. I was I was thinking that that was either the year they won or the year they lost to the Patriots. I, I just didn't know. Still had a pretty decent year. year that year, though, as well. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he had a lot of decent years. Yeah. So we're going to do this. Uh, we'll do this one more time. I can pull two other guys off of this list. So, okay, here we go. Ooh, this will actually be. Okay, here we go. So, um, again, two running backs. We'll just stick with running backs because that's the list I'm on. So we have 335 carries for 2,053 yards. 11 TDs, another 33 receptions for 305 yards, for 305 yards, and another three TDs against three fumbles. So that's 14 total TDs, uh, a total of 23, uh, 2,300 yards, and only three fumbles, versus uh, 392 carries for 2,008 yards and 21 TDs. Another 25 receptions for 217 yards and two TDs against only two fumbles again. So 
2,200 yards, 23 touchdowns. Are these the same season? How many, how this is the same two season. Different running, these are two different running backs in two different seasons. How many touchdowns did the first one have? 11. The first gentleman had 11, 11 rushing, three receiving. receiving. So 14 total. Huh. One of these is Terrell Davis, and the other one is probably Adrian Peterson. I'm taking, I'm taking the second one. The second one? If you touch the ball 300-plus times when you're rushing it, you got to have more than that many touchdowns. Almost 400. Almost 400 times, yep. You have to, right? Well, like he had I, 21 TDs. No, the first guy had 14. The second one oh. had 23. Yeah, so I'll take the second guy. Second guy? What about you, Davis? I could, I'd take either one, to be honest with you. Um, but just on... The the it and I don't know if well I guess you'd have to go with the uh, the ability to get in the end zone more with option number two. Either one, I take one. <laughs> I don't know. That's a hard one. Just for the sake of it, you're going with number two. Just so I can. Yeah, I'll, I'll go with number two. Yeah. All right. So the one you guys turned down, uh, Mr. Barry Sanders. That's his 1997 year with the 14 TDs. Ooh. Yeah, and uh, Atticus, you nailed it. You took, uh, you guys both took Terrell Davis, 1998, was the uh, 392 carries and uh, 20, 24, or I'm sorry, 23 total. I'd like to point out that in that season for Terrell Davis, if my memory serves me correctly, he suffered from horrendous migraines the entire season. Yeah. Actually, after they won the Super Bowl that year, he got a, a sponsorship with a migraine medicine. I oh, forget. Yeah. I, I specifically, like, I remember seeing the commercials. Yeah, but. He so was a class out. act on the field, too. Right. The mile high salute every time mile he scored. Man, I really like Terrell Davis. I still do, actually. Yeah, he was one of those running backs, like, you know, that you, you cheered for. Just He just seemed like a good dude. Just a good like, guy, I yeah. I loved watching him play. He was, he was, he was uh, a lot of fun. Actually, both of those running backs. You know, because Barry Sanders was just uh, Barry Sanders, you know. Right. You know, so interestingly enough, so the list I'm pulling from is just it's just a random list I came across. It was just 10 best individual seasons for running backs. Uh, Notable that uh, just just uh, so notable is not on here. Adrian Peterson is not on here uh, at all. Um can, yeah. can I just um, say one more thing about the last two that you compared before you continue with that? Yeah, go ahead. You, you picked two of the the two quality running backs who everybody really liked, and neither one of them gave any type of ever touchdown celebrations. You can't call a salute a celebration. Terrell Davis never – Barry Sanders always just gave the ball to the referee. Always. Yeah. Never had an ego when they did their jobs. And I respect that. But I mean, I don't think Barry Sanders needed an ego. If you're being, if I'm being like, that's the thing. Like for all the, you know, it's I've always heard things like, who is the greatest running back of that generation? And it's always Emmett versus Sanders. And Emmett has all like the accolades, but he played behind a much no. like put Sanders on that Cowboys line, right? That's like, the whole thing. No, 
the, the, there would be no, the, there's no point in keeping a record book anymore because Barry Sanders would have all the records till the end of time. I think Barry played what eight or nine seasons, and Barry was the Lions for the eight or nine scenes that seasons that he played. Uh, Emmett Smith was a part of what do they call them the triplets or something like that yeah yeah he had he he his t- plus they had like the best offensive and defensive lines of that era like you you can't compare the two oh. apples to apples because the team made or helped to not to take anything away from Emmett Smith and what he did on the field but he had an unbelievable amount of talent around him Barry Sanders did not have that not only that Barry Sanders has two of the top 10 all-time rushing seasons in the history of the NFL. Two. Not, there's not one other player that has that, right? So he's rushed for over 2,000 yards, and he rushed for another 18, almost 1,900 yards in another season. No other player does that, right? Like, it, it's, you know, it, maybe O.J. Simpson, but I think it's top 20. I don't even know if we're, we're allowed to talk to him, talk about him, but, you know. He did play oh, football he contributed pretty well. To the sport. Um, but Barry Sanders was just, you know, he, if I talk all-time greats, there's only one other player that I can mention, and that's Jim Brown. It's only that's that's it. Because both of them stopped playing way, way early yeah. after 10 seasons. Yeah. And they were the the epitome of you can't fucking stop me. Yeah. I don't care what you do. You know, so and- Jim Brown was methodical too. Like he, I remember because so Jim Brown obviously is like the godfather of Cleveland sports. Like any athlete who's ever done well in Cleveland, like pays homage to Jim Brown. So I grew up with a lot of Jim Brown. Rightfully so. Yeah. I grew up with a lot of Jim Brown, like, you know, like tributes and stuff like that. Do you know, on purpose, every time Jim Brown got tackled on purpose, he would always lie there for a moment and slowly get up every time. And he did that on purpose. So that way, if he was injured, if like you hurt him a little bit, you wouldn't know. Cause he got up the exact same. So you could just love tap him and he, and he falls over. Like, let's just say you get up, like, you know, you knock the wind out of him just so every time he got up, he had no idea if he was injured or not. That was like a conscious thing he decided to do. Great strategy. And it really is. It's just crazy the way some of these uh, guys thought about the game. He'd be a, he'd be awesome to get to just talk football with for an hour. You want to talk about people for the podcast? Get him on here. Life in general, right? We're gonna do this one more time. Um, this one's gonna be a little bit of a curveball, but uh oh. So I'm gonna I'm gonna date I'm gonna date this guy just a little bit. There, there were only 14 games played in a season when this guy played. So his um, Redskins won a Super Bowl that year. <laughs> So uh, here we go. So uh, first one is 300, 332 carries. Again, this is a 14-game season. 332 carries for 2,003 yards and 12 touchdowns. Uh, another six receptions for 70 yards and no touchdowns. So 12 TDs total against seven fumbles. Versus 329 carries for 1,817 yards 16, oh, geez. He did a lot better in the receiving. Okay, I didn't catch this the first time. Uh, I'm sorry. So it's three, 329 carries for 1,817 yards, 16 TDs, another 28 receptions for 427 and 7 TDs. And again, he had, uh, this player also had seven fumbles. And again, this was across 14 games. 
So the first one, again, just to recap, 2,003 rushing yards, only 70 receiving, 12 total TD against seven fumbles. Second guy uh, had 1,800 rushing yards, another four, 27 receiving, so about 2,200 total uh, with 23 TDs against seven fumbles and both only played 14 games. I'm going option two again. Option two. I'm loving option two today. I like option two. So option one, uh, and arguably his most famous season uh, was OJ Simpson in 1973. And option two is OJ Simpson in 1975, where apparently they found the passing game to the running back. Mm. So beast. Yeah. Beast. You know, I know, I know it's like weird because OJ Simpson's obviously like, you know, my first memory of OJ Simpson was like, I was aware he was a football player, but my first, you know, memories of him are the slow, slow, low speed chase and all that through LA. Um, it's just weird. Like you forget how good he was on this list of top 10 individual seasons. He's got two of them. Him and Jim Brown are the only repeat, uh, running backs on, on this list. Not, not top 10. Individual seasons. Yeah. Those are. Adrian Adrian Peterson wasn't on that list, right? Yeah. Adrian Peterson isn't on this list at all, but he should be because he had 2,097 yards in, in 2012. You know what I mean? Right. So I don't know where you're getting your list from, but it just seems a little skewed. Is that your cat trying to jump on a bed behind you? <laughs> I keep seeing something rise and fall. He's, he's scratching on the door. I'm going to give me one second, guys. Hold on. And then uh, my other question would be, when Jim Brown, Jim Brown ran in 63 for like almost 1,900 yards, how many games did they play in 1963? I think they played 12. 63? Wow. That predates me, Mike. <laughs> See, and I, I was hoping you would have the answer, man. <laughs> so, to be fair, this list I'm pulling from is from 2009. So, that, 2009? That, yeah, 2009. Yeah, you're missing a few people on there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was just something for source material because I just didn't feel like looking up a bunch of individual seasons. So, it was the first article that popped up when I did my Google search. That was so, fun, though. Yeah. I like that. Eagles had a bad year that year in 1963. Jesus. Did they? Yeah. What was their record? Two, tw- two, ten, and two. Mm. <laughs> the Browns were ten and four, so they played fourteen games. Sounds like an alternate universe, doesn't it? Uh, the Giants actually won won the. Uh, that was like twenty twenty one at conference that year. Oh, did they? Yeah, they were eleven and three. Cool. You know, just as we're kind of talking about it, you guys want to know who the uh, the 2000 single season 2000 yard club is? I think we could guess a few of them. Yeah, go ahead. You, you said the 2000s, right? Yeah. The, every, every rusher who's rushed for over 2000 yards in a season, there's eight of them. Well, there's definitely Adrian Peterson. Yep. Tomlinson is one of them. Nope. Danian Tomlinson. Nope. Really? Yeah, he never rushed, strictly rushed for 2,000 yards. He never did it. Huh. He just did it. Well, Derek Henry. Mm-hmm. We already talked about Terrell Davis. Terrell Davis, yep. Mm-hmm. 
and we talked about OJ. Yep. Wait, that's 2000 club though, right? Yeah. Yeah. He's got one season of 2003 yards. Arguably his most famous year. Oh, I thought you were saying after 2000. Uh, my apologies. After the year 2000. My apologies. Yep, not a problem. Mm-hmm. So how, got, many, how many do we have so far? We have Dickerson. You Simpson. You said Davis. You said Peterson. You said Henry. So you got four of the eight. There's four more. You, who, who do we shag up? Uh, you said Simpson. Uh, you said Davis. You said Peterson. You said Henry. Oh, I just said Eric Dickerson. Okay. Because he's the all-time leading single-season guy, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Pretty sure everybody's chasing him. 2105 is uh, Eric Dickerson. Uh, there's another guy that we talked about. We compared one of his seasons. Let, uh, not Lev Bell. Um, Barry? Yep, Barry. There's six. Uh, I'll oh, give Chris you- Johnson. Yep, there you go. And I, I will give you a hint, but for the last guy, I out of all the rushers on this list, he's the one I hate the most. Oh, so he plays for either the Steelers or the Lev Bell? No. Lev Bell never ran for it. Nope. Steelers, Bengals, or Ravens. I got nothing. He specifically, the year he did this, he specifically said he was going to rush for 200 yards against the Cleveland Browns and then went out and did it. And they actually ended his, his career on the Cleveland Browns. Jamal. Yep. Jamal Lewis. 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 Yep. Oh, Jamal, Jamal Lewis. Yeah. I didn't know he had a 2000 rushing yard season. Yeah. 2003. It was, uh, didn't didn't the Ravens win the Super Bowl that year? Or they were no, that was two thousand because they they beat us, right? Yeah, I remember they broke uh, my heart. My uh, that that year we actually I remember watching that with my high school friends at uh, at a Hooters in town, and we had made New York Giant shirts because we were all Browns fans that we weren't going to root for the Ravens. So uh, yeah, so and that was the one and only time I rooted for the Giants because they. Who who is the quarterback? Kerry Collins. Kerry no. Collins. Kerry Collins. Yeah. Never again. Because he. What did he? I remember it was Fucking like a, Trent Dilfer had him looking like a superstar. <laughs> we were yelling because he slid in the Super Bowl. Like you don't slide in the Super Bowl. You fight for those yards, Mister Collins. Worst quarterback performance in a Super Bowl: Cam Newton. Cam no, Newton. Peyton Manning. Hands down. Peyton Manning. Uh, the year they won it, he had he like threw for like a hundred. Nah, Peyton Manning was just old. He was I'm still trying. About, he got a he capable still, quarterback. He just, right, he was trying. Cam Newton was just like didn't even want to be there, bro. When he got T Rex arms on that ball, all he had to do was die. You're six six three two eighty. Dive. Go get the ball. Worst performance in the Super Bowl ever. Never figured that. You know what's interesting about that list of 2,000 yard rushers is like I always talk about, you know, the the workload that rushers get. But I think other than Chris Johnson, maybe Terrell Davis, right? Like the other guys still stayed productive for a few years. 
Book will be out on uh, Derrick Henry. See what happens. He's had a, a couple heavy loads two years in a row. Yeah. But, uh, you know, Barry kept playing. Peterson, I think he's still playing. Or at least trying to be on the team somewhere. Yeah. Did he get signed? I think he did get signed, didn't he? Uh-huh. Eric Dickerson kept playing for a while. Mm-hmm. He was really good, too. So just just for the record, uh, those two Super Bowl stat lines, Cam Newton was 18 for 41 for 265, no TDs and an interception. Peyton Manning was 13 for 23 for 141, no touchdowns and an interception. So what was their QB ratings? Uh, what I'm looking at doesn't give me that. It just gives me the those those stats. Cam was 18 for 41. Yeah, Cam was 18 for 41 for 265, no touchdowns, and an INT. Peyton Manning was 13 through for ugh, 13 of 23 for 141, no touchdowns, and an interception. So it's comparable from a stat line. And uh, fun enough, those were the same game. <laughs> so that could that could be the uh, worst quarterback Super Bowl ever. That, that is flat yeah, out. They had they both had really good defenses that all, year too. All Cam had to do was die for the ball, and they might have won that game. Denver did have a pretty solid defense that year, though. But see, Peyton Manning was playing on a team. I'd argue had, he had a better offense because, like, that was back when you had. Uh, they, 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 I think they still had Emmanuel Sanders. He back was then, done, like, though. He, at he, that point in his career, he was done. He had no arm strength. He was not the Peyton Manning that we grew up saying. One day you're going to be able to say that you saw this man play live. Like he was no longer that player. He was just at the at the the, the ugly side was of old. the end of his career. He got old. And he did. Fast. Well, and not only that, the next surgery was he should not have probably played again. Yeah, but, he, but who wait, the first for, year in Denver, the, the year that they lost the Super Bowl to Seattle, that season he had a really good fucking season. Yeah, that was the year he uh, he had like seven touchdown passes in the game, and I think he set some other like single single game record for like most like passing yards or something like that. Um, but uh, you guys want to know my most controversial sports take ever? Sure. He's been down for this one. Peyton Manning, uh, one of the most overrated quarterbacks in NFL history. There, I said it. Because here's the thing. Here's what I think about Peyton Manning. There's a thing. There's a thing. Okay. If I if I'm in a week 15 game and I need to beat the Bengals, I'll take Peyton Manning all day. No, no problem. You give me you give me a week 13 game against Atlanta. Oh yeah, I'll take Peyton Manning. You give me the playoffs though, and I can name like two or three other quarterbacks in his era I rather have. Like first and foremost, Tom Brady, obviously. But like the, he was never he was never good in the playoffs. And that's great that you can smoke, you know, Detroit in week 10. But the second he got to the playoffs, they they oh, every year they would they would choke. They would lose to someone they shouldn't, um, or they would get they would eventually lose to the Patriots. So that, you're that saying he's a Philip Rivers? Yeah, more or less. Yeah, great, great regular season quarterback. Don't get me wrong; like I'd love to have him on my fantasy team, but I don't want him quarterbacking my team in the playoffs. And I don't know if it's because he got too much in his head 
or he, he like he felt he had something like it looked like he was playing ghosts all the time. It looked like he wasn't playing on the field. He was playing something greater that that was going on. And so you're saying he he's the he was the Ben Simmons of the NFL. That's what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> All passing. No, no, no shooting. It's just choking in the clutch. So I don't know if I agree with that. Dan Marino would be on your list too. Exactly. Right? Dan Marino is one of the greatest passers in the history of the NFL. Right. But Dan, the difference between him and Dan Marino is Dan Marino never had like the entire team custom tailored to his skill set. Only on not offense. The way, not the way they, they built a team around Peyton Manning anyway. Like Peyton Manning had a top flight, at least one top Mark flight. Mark Duper was career. pretty good. What? Mark Duper, isn't that wasn't that his yeah, name? Mark Duper, Super Duper. He was pretty damn good. Duper right. But when he had a bunch of players. I mean, Marino never had like the type of offensive line Peyton Manning had. Marino never had running like running backs the caliber that Peyton Manning had. Marino like Marino did they built like to the detriment of the defense almost, they built that team around Peyton Manning. They didn't do that for Marino. I think a lot of people would disagree with with you. I mean, you can form an argument to to say that he was. You said he's the most overrated, overrated quarterback. Yep. Mm. Yeah, I think he was pretty damn good. I think that he he could have been better when it comes to the playoffs. But don't we all want to be better when it you know when you're I just there? Think but the amount of coverage he got from ESPN and everyone else. So I mean, in five seasons, he went deep in the playoffs. Five. And and I know he's played a lot of years, right? But, like, how many quarterbacks can say that they went deep in the playoffs? And I mean, other than Tom Brady. Other than Tom Brady. During that era. Nobody. Five times they went deep. What are you defining deep? Like, past the first round or to the championship? Three game? or more wins in the playoffs. Three or more wins in the playoffs? Yep. Google has to say. Hold on. I don't know. I think Peyton Manning was pretty good. Hey, hey, and just another thing. We talked about those running backs. We never made any mention of Gale Sayers, Walter Payton. I'm wondering how those names never came up. Hey, what was the kid that played for the Bills? Thurman Thompson or something like that? Thurman Thomas. He was pretty damn good, too. Yeah, but he lost the Super Bowl four times in a row. In a row. But hey, listen. So he's a choker. You can't take away from he's getting to the, the AFC One of the most overrated Russian running backs in the history of the NFL by the guidelines that we procured ourselves <laughs> to with this podcast. Listen, a lot of people, and rightfully so, you made it four times and you lost. They forget they made it four times in a row. In a row. Okay. In a row. Like, that's unthinkable. Even in a Tom Brady era, it's unthinkable four times in a row. You can't even do that in basketball where where the league is set up where you can have super teams to do it four in a row. In a row. They did it in football. And lost. That's impossible, bro. And lost. Good Hey, and we, I don't know, 
if Chris was was old enough to watch and enjoy, I mean, what did they call them? They said that they were going to need Patriot Patriot missiles to stop Jim Kelly. He yeah. was that good. Yeah. Oh, here's another name on the list. Throw him on that list, right? How about it, Mike? Yeah. Jim Kelly. Joker. Another Jim choker. Kelly took his team to the Super Bowl four years in a row. Couldn't get it done, man. Didn't so get a ring. Overrated. I'm not saying he was overrated. <laughs> it's not just making it there and losing. That doesn't make you overrated. Terrible. Jim Kelly had nowhere near the pomp and circumstance that Tom, or uh, I'm sorry, uh, uh, Manning had. So it's the pomp you know, and circumstance he did in his what? I, you oh, the it's time. the pop and circumstance that gets under your skin. Well, yeah, if you have no hype, you can't be overrated when you lose in the So LeBron is the greatest in your mind, right? I'm gonna come it all comes from full circle. LeBron is the goat in your mind. There has been no other player that has had more pop and circumstance on ESPN than LeBron James. I said it. Okay. <laughs> Overrated. Clap back. Okay. Overrated. <laughs> that, that, but it's not the same at all. Like because again, what he's like, been to the finals nine times and choked well, five of them or four of them. He okay. Again, put Michael Jordan on the two thousand seven Cavs. Let's see how far that team gets. See, you, you can't you can't say that because you don't know. Exactly. You there's don't a, there's know. A they, they still lost. Right. Name another, person on the, name another person on the two seven ca- 2007 Cavs. Uh There was a couple. Of, what's the? Yeah, there were a couple Bob, other players. Right? Sideshow yeah. Bob. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Just for the record, uh, as far as postseason. Eric Snow. Postseason quarterback success. Uh, Peyton Manning is tied for 10th uh, with. Names such as Ben Roethlisberger, John Elway, Eli Manning. Uh, ahead of him, as far as like what is considered better postseason success, you got Tom Brady, you got uh, Joe Montana, you got Troy Aikman, you got uh, Otto Graham, Johnny U. What else we got up here? We got Terry Bradshaw, which I don't know mm-hmm. if I agree with. Um, Bart Starr. So, yeah, I, that's Super an impressive Bowls. list. He did win four Super Bowls. And he's number 10. And you called him the most overrated. Tied for 10th. He's tied for 10th with 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15 other quarterbacks. He's tied for 10th. And there's also four guys tied for six and three guys tied for third. So he's about 21st on this list. Okay. But number 10. I'm just saying, you're saying so. Like, so, like, if I finish second in, in a golf tournament and I'm tied with seven other people, I still finish second. Okay. So, well, so the tie with other people doesn't matter. He's number ten. It, it, to call him the most overrated player is just an egregious. All right, just just stretch. from just from his just from his. We'll just take everyone in the number ten box. Would you rather have Peyton Manning in their primes? We're not going to worry like. Would you rather have Peyton Manning or John Elway in Peyton their Manning. prime? Gotta have Elway. Peyton Manning. I like I'm Elway, but I Elway hate took Elway. chances that Peyton Manning would not take. I hate Elway, and I'd have to take Elway. 
You know we beat his ass in the Super Bowl, right? Yeah. You'd be making a mistake. Go ahead. L.A. did way more with less. Would you take uh, oh, God. Roger Staubach or Peyton, Peyton Manning? Manning. All day. Over Staubach? Yes. That because he's a cowboy? You hate him? No. It's a different, different kind of quarterback play, man. Let's see who else. I mean, none of these other guys are really like in a – I mean – the other guy in there, Eli Manning or Peyton Manning? I feel like Peyton Manning wins that one. I give him Peyton. Come on, man. Actually, this is a good debate. Ben Roethlisberger or Peyton Manning? Peyton. In their primes? Yep. I don't think you're, you're t- really taking into consideration how good Peyton was in his prime. I really think you're glossing that over for some some I, sort of unexplainable disdain. Okay, so saying he was overrated is the same as saying he was bad. I'm not saying Peyton Manning was bad. It, but you're you're asking the question right now in his prime, which means even the most arduous, the most ardent hater would be like, "Yo, he had a good year that year, though." We had in his prime. Years. He was like, there was nobody better. That, like he would get on the field and make the best defenses. In his prime, ninety percent of the time, he curb stomped by Tom Brady. What do you mean there was nobody better? What are you saying? In his prime, he was curb stomped by Tom Brady ninety percent of the time. How was he curb stomped by another like head quarterback? To head, head to head, head to head, that like Tom Brady's like destroyed him. We you talking about statistical? Whatever you want to look at, records, statistics, like Tom Brady destroyed him. He has more oh, chances. Brady's an anomaly. Like, he's a unicorn. The entire time he was in his prime. He's a, we're t- Tom Brady isn't on. Isn't one of the players you've asked us to compare him to. Not only that. In his I, prime, he was di- – in his prime, he's probably he, – he, first of all, he's still top 10, no matter where you put him on that list. Secondly, these lists, I think sometimes they make no sense because – just like basketball, the comparison of MJ to Jordan, uh, MJ to LeBron, it shouldn't even happen, first of all, because it's two different time periods, two different set of rules. Two, it's, everything's different. The same thing holds true, in my opinion, when it comes to football. Why are we comparing Otto Graham to Peyton Manning? Well, yeah, you That don't even take, make you sense. You take Bart Starr to Otto Graham out of the equation, right? Like, that's a way different era. Different era. They had leather helmets for God's sake. They were sake. smoking they on the bench. On a bench, like, come on! What are we talking about here? So when you're talking about Peyton at his prime, when he was like balling hard, and you remove some of the players that probably shouldn't be on the list because they just don't make sense from a practical perspective, where is he now? Top five during his prime. He lost to Tom Brady repeatedly over and over and over and over and over again. But does that make him overrated? Because a lot of people lost to Tom Brady over and over and over and over again. When we talk about Tom. Except for Peyton Brother. Yeah, there's a difference. There's a difference. but, But like being overrated doesn't mean you're horrible. Being overrated means way more was expected of you than what you did. 
Okay, and I understand so if that you, the, if the you language is saying overrated, right? Like, I understand that when, you, when you're saying overrated, doesn't mean he was bad. I'm just saying I think it's an egregious miscalculation to call him overrated when he was one of the top quarterbacks for an extended period of time, right? Like, an extended period of time. When, when you talk about Tom Brady, Tom Brady is arguably the GOAT, right? Ever. And, and Bill Belichick is arguably the GOAT coach. So, like, you're talking about Peyton Manning being overrated in an era where he lost predominantly to the greatest of all time. Right. Like, and if that's like, the standard, then what are you going to say about Eli Manning? Because he beat the GOAT. Clearly, Brady's better than him. Clearly, Peyton's better than him. So what does that mean for Eli, who beat him twice in the Super Bowl? So just just some more stats. Manning's team made the play. Manning, a team quarterback by Manning, made the playoffs 15 times. The loss in the first round, nine of those times. Yeah, that's pretty. So over almost, almost, what would that be? 70% of the time that he made the playoffs, he lost in the first round. He is the only quarterback in NFL history to lose his first playoff game that often. And five of those playoff losses came at home after the Colts had enjoyed a first round bye. Ooh. Who they lose That's to? An ugly stat. Who would they lose to? I mean, it, I mean, it doesn't, the thing I'm reading doesn't give me the, the year by year, but let's see. That's an ugly stat, though, Mike. It's an ugly stat, yes. But how, how many times like, did he go beyond the first round? Well, he went six times. Five, five or six times. By comparison, by comparison, Tom Brady and Ben Roethlisberger, the only two active quarterback in Manning's conference with multiple Super Bowl rings, are combined eleven and one in home divisional round in home divisional round games coming off the first round by. So even against so home divisional playoff games, Manning was two and five versus Brady, who was eight and one, and Big Ben, who was three and zero, when favored in playoff games. Manning was ten of ten. Was ten and ten. Uh, Brady was eighteen and six, and Big Ben was nine and two. So I love the fact that you want to bring stats into your argument, but like, here's my question for you: You're bringing stats in of Hall of Fame quarterbacks when we're talking about whether someone's overrated or not. Like, all three are Hall of Fame quarterbacks. Like, so where's the overrated part of it still? Right? Like, I, I'm, I'm confused there. So out of all those, out of all those three Hall of Fame quarterbacks, who's the number one overall pick? Tom Brady. Tom no, Brady, the number one overall pick for the draft. You're talking about? Yeah. Listen, I'd take him number one overall today. Still, if he would give me what he gave the the, the Indianapolis Colts and uh, who what, what he played for the Broncos, also, I'd still take him. Let's see. 1999, Colts win 13 games, lose in the first round to the Tennessee Titans, uh, score from 19 to 16. So it's not even like they were shooting. Titans went to the Super Bowl that year. Titans were pretty fucking good that year. That's that's fine. Who was their quarterback? My point is, they're they're like, well, yeah, every team you play in the playoffs is like pretty good. He's losing at a a, a normally large. He's not losing. The Colts are losing. How did he – just because it's like, it's like Donovan McNabb, right? He made, he made the NFC Championship game full five times, right? And I hate Donovan McNabb, 
Right. Do you? I, yeah, this is like the first time I've said his name out loud in a while. Right? It's always been number five. But anyway, uh, you know, is he a Hall of Fame quarterback? 2005, the Colts start 13-0 and and wind up finishing 14-2, and ranking second in points scored. They scored just 18 points in the wild-card loss to the Steelers. 2007, the Colts win 13 regular season games, ranking top five in every key offensive category. Uh, Manning throws two interceptions and loses 28-24 in a divisional round to the San Diego Chargers. So how does this prove your overrated part again, though? Well, again, my thing is, yeah, again, my, my argument is give me, you got a, you got a week 10 game against the Atlanta Falcons you need to win. I'll take Peyton Manning all day, all day. I'll take Peyton Manning on my fantasy team all day. But if I have a playoff game I need to win, coin flip at best. And be oh, so he spent four years in Denver, right? And two of those four years, they went to the Super Bowl going one and one. Okay. Arguably. Arguably. The first year they were in the Super Bowl, the first year they got destroyed. The second year in the Super Bowl, they won, and Manning had arguably the worst QB stat line in Super Bowl history. Okay. But they went one and one in the Super Bowls, and my point was that he played with a much better defense in Denver than he probably ever did in Indianapolis. Yeah, those ND teams, he probably had one or two seasons with a decent defense. And just for those other two seasons in Denver, the Broncos win 2012. The Broncos win 13 games, ranking in top five on both sides of the ball. Manning throws two picks uh, in an overtime loss to Baltimore. They lose 38-35. Mm. Uh, in 2014. Sounds like he did his job, 35 points. Okay, so they scored 35 points. They, they lost because they, they gave up 38. So, right, right. Who was the quarterback of the that Ravens team? And I'm not saying it to be argument. I'm just well, saying it, it was probably Flacco. Did they win the yeah, Super Bowl? Joe that Flacco. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, that's right. How do you not know that, Broman? The Broncos win 12 games again, ranking in the top five on both offensive defense. Manning throws for only 211 yards uh, in a divisional round loss to the Colts. So, so, so in this. Four years in Denver, if we just want to look at those, he gets blown out in one Super Bowl. Worst stat line, possibly, arguably the worst stat line for for winning QB in a Super Bowl ever. And the other two games, or the other two times, with a top five offense and top five defense, uh, doesn't make it past the divisional round. Man, we are posting a poll with this with this podcast to the masses. Yeah. Groman calls... Peyton Manning overrated. Is he wrong or not? Yes or no? That's so I just want to know what is the barometer that you're using? Is it players who couldn't get past Tom Brady or is it players well, listen, who Brady, reached like, the playoffs but did not go very I mean, far? If we're looking at the Broncos, he didn't get past Joe Flacco. He didn't get past Andrew Luck. He didn't get past Ben Roethlisberger. He, he didn't, didn't get, get past the Baltimore Ravens, whose defense was insane, right? Like, that's – in football, you can't say that it's one quarterback versus the other. There's too many other variables, man. Like, the the, the quarterback against the quarterback is not a variable. It's not. They don't it's, play against each other. 
it's like it's like when I give Atticus a hard time about the Giants and the years that they won a Super Bowl. Uh, Eli did not play particularly well throughout the playoffs. Who played particularly well was their fucking defense, right? And they shut people down, right? People they shouldn't have been able to shut down. And then Eli had a good Super Bowl, or Eli had a really good, uh, you know, conference championship game, right? But, like, ultimately, I believe it was the defense that helped them ride through the playoffs. And when you look at teams, I mean, just look at last year's Super Bowl. Did Tom Brady win the Super Bowl, or did the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense shut down the Kansas City Chiefs? So Patrick Mahomes must be overrated. Because he did diddly squat against Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah, that, no, but he that, looked great. He looked great argument. on his way to the Super Bowl, Mike. Like, oh, yeah. Regular season all day long, man. He looked great. I take him over Atlanta all day. Where was Patrick Mahomes drafted again? I'm just using your logic, man. No, you're not. You're just saying any quarterback that lost to the Super Bowl is overrated. That's not my argument. That's not it at all. Uh, you, I, I get where Chris you, is coming from. I, I your variables, though, are are I I hear where he's coming from. I I don't agree, but I I get what he's saying. I still think Peyton Manning, like he made it look so easy at times. It was like, oh my god, like how are you going to stop this guy? I get it. I'd be interested to find out how many people want to have this argument i mean like you're sounding like skip bayless a little bit but yeah oh god you know, for for the record the baltimore ravens that year that they that you said they had insane defense they were 12th overall 20th against the run how they play in the, in the playoffs though well i mean, <laughs> I mean that's 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 the thing when they shut people down because I, I, I could, if I really wanted to, I could take a deep dive into all the stats you could present to me, and I could, I could make my argument sound even better. Get granular that's, on that's, Mike. That's, that's how stats work. Chris likes stats too, though. I know. I mean, he he analyzes stuff all day. I mean, I love making presentations for my boss, and making it look all pretty. And <laughs> <laughs> hey, I don't have a quick way to get to Lee Graham. On that note. We should do a poll in the group. And we should wrap this up. League rankings for the unstoppable Baltimore Ravens 2012 defense. 25th in total uh, total defense yards per game. I mean, this wasn't this wasn't the 2000 Ravens defense, period. Like, it wasn't. It wasn't even close. So, and... The Denver Broncos had a better rated offense and defense than them that year. Really? Yeah, they were fifth. They were in the top five in both. The right, the Ravens had a twenty-fifth overall defense. So they again the, the, just 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 point this out. They had they had the Denver they had they played the Colts in the first round, held them to nine points. Uh, for whatever reason, Denver Broncos gave up thirty-eight points to them, uh, or or thirty-five rather. Uh, and they happened to score 30, 38 points. Uh, in the championship game, they held the New England Patriots to 13 points. And in the Super Bowl, that's the one where the lights went out. Uh, that was a barn burner. So, like, okay, their defense wasn't that solid. Their offense must have been fucking pretty good. But ultimately, they, they shut down the New England Patriots, 
when you hold the Patriots to 13 points under two touchdowns, that's kind of a big deal in the playoffs. Kind of. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not saying they were horrible. I'm just not saying they were the world. Like they have, the Ravens have had better defenses, and to say, well, they were just all world that year, and that's why Manning lost, isn't accurate. I don't think they lost because of Manning. They still put up 35 points. Just saying. But if I want to just saying. I don't know if I'm putting up 35 points. Seven overrated. Just saying he's overrated. So who scored the three points? That sounds like special teams, right? Oh, it's Justin Tucker. I, I remember that play. Terrible. Well, let's wrap it up because we've been doing this for over an hour. Putting a poll up. How wrong is Chris? That's what we're going to do. For the record, for the record. <laughs> you know, I did, you know, I did uh, your guys' first post. This was actually my first post when, when I got joined the group. And out of anything I've posted since then, that got like, like a hundred comments and basically everyone told me I do nothing about football, but that was the, the first post was uh, Peyton Manning being the most overrated quarterback in NFL history. And uh, yeah, I hold fast to my beliefs. What can I say? Good for you, man. That's integrity. Yeah, my hold, on that. hold on to that. I mean, don't get me wrong. If the, I would have loved for him to be Cleveland Brown. I'm not saying I would hate to have Peyton Manning on my team. I'm just saying in the pantheon of great quarterbacks, Overrated. I can't tell. You're like shitting on this guy for like 20 minutes now. (laughs) (laughs) He had a big forehead. What can I say? Oh my gosh. (laughs) He saw the plays developing before they happened with that. (laughs) He had extra processing space. Oh man. Anyway. All right, guys, I'll let you go. Held you captive long enough. See you next week, gentlemen. (laughs) (laughs) Well, everybody, that wraps up our show for this week. Thanks for listening. Here's a random weekly fun fact for you. Do you ever not agree with things we say on this podcast? Come join us on the Facebook page that started it all. All trash talk for real fans. You can tell Lloyd how much the Eagles suck, Atticus he's delusional about all New York sports teams in general, or agree with me that the Browns, in fact, are winning it all next year. Whatever you do, just don't root for an NFC East team. We have too much of that crap already. Come check us out. There's always more room at the barbecue. Anyway, this has been the Football Trash Talk for Real Fans podcast. It's been a pleasure, and as always... F.O.T. Stay safe out there.